It's good to be here this morning. Uh, we are in the, uh, toward the end of a series. We're actually in the last week of our series on, uh, in 2 Peter. So our series is called Always. It's 1 Peter, 2 Peter, and Jude. Uh, this week I'm going to be finishing up our 2 Peter uh, message. And then next week we'll have a message in Jude. And then that'll be the, that'll be the end of uh, our Always series. And it's been a it's been a good series. These, are, these, are all, these series, every summer, are always some of my favorite. Always, no pun intended. They're always my favorite. Uh, not because uh, this is when I get to preach, necessarily, but because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deep Bible study in here with all of us, and we just get to see what, uh, what God says. This morning, uh, our message today is always a promise. Always a promise. Um, Remember back when you were a, a kid where everything that you said, if it was going to be true, it had to be tied in with a promise. If you said something, you had to have a promise with it. My, my kids now, uh, if I tell them something, they still make me promise. Sometimes they make me, make me pinky promise. I'll stick out my hand. We'll do, the little, we'll do the little pinky promise, and then we shake on it, and then that means it's legit. Uh, I definitely can't lie then, apparently. Um, I remember uh, when I was, back when I was coming out of middle school, my best friend, uh, at the time, uh, his name was Bubba Greg, and uh, me and Bubba Greg were best good friends. And uh, he, I was in the ninth grade, and, and uh, going out of middle school, heading into ninth grade, and he was in eighth grade. And he, had, he was telling me about his uh, new side business that he had put together uh, at school, and he was uh, selling jewelry. And uh, I said, uh, tell me about your side business of you selling jewelry uh, at school. And he said, well, he said, what I do is he said, I'm going to the mall, and, and I get these gold chains and um, with these big gold, like, medallions on there. And uh, I remember some of them, one of them I remember had, like, a big car on it. It was just a car. And then um, uh, another one said Wu-Tang Clan on it. That was my favorite. And um, he said, I'll, I'll get these from the mall, and then, then I go to the store, uh, and then I go to school, and I sell them. So I get them from the mall for, like, 20 or 30 bucks, and I sell them at school for, like, $200. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. $200? $200 when you're, like, 13 might as well be, like, $2,000 now. All right, so... I'm, so I'm saying, tell me, tell me more about this. So he goes, yeah, man, I sold a couple of them uh, today, man. I made like, I made like 200 bucks. It's like, whoa, Bubba Greg, man, you're a hustler. <laughs> so, he, so the next day he comes back. I said, man, did you sell any more? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I did. I said, are you serious? Are you for real? He goes, yeah, man, I'm selling all, all the time. Just go to the mall, I buy these, and then I trade them in at school. And the people are just, just throwing money at me. I said, man, you promise? He goes, yeah, man, I promise, man. Yeah, sure. And um, so... Time went on, days went by, and he's just making all this money. And so I asked him, I said, man, so when are you going to bring this money? Like, when are you going to bring it back? I want to see it. Like, I'm starting to doubt you. He goes, no, you don't have to doubt me, man. I said, you promise? He goes, yeah, man, I promise. And I said, I said, okay. Well, time went on. We kind of forgot about it. Years went by, and um, my, uh, uh, my friend Bubba Greg was getting married. I was in his wedding. Night before, we were at a, his, his bachelor party, and so we were talking. We were reminiscing about old stories when we were kids, and I said, I said, BG, you remember that time when you told me about all the money that you were making in your little side business at, in middle school? And he just kind of looked at me funny, like, are you serious right now? I said, I said yeah. I said, you, you remember that? He goes, man, I didn't do that. I said, what are you talking about you didn't do that? He said, I didn't do that. I made all that up. I said, I said Greg, man, you, you promised me. He goes, no. I said, I didn't promise you. I promised you. And I said, What? He said, I promise, man. Promise is different than a promise. I used an L instead of an R, so it was totally cool. It didn't count. 
said, it doesn't work that way. And he goes, yeah, no, 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 it does, it does. You, you just misheard me. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't promise. Peter is writing to a group of churches, and he's telling them the promise and reminding them of the promise that God said he was going to return and he was going to make all things right. The problem is, is that there are all these people in the lives of these churches that are telling them that what he's saying isn't true, that you, that you misheard him, that you didn't hear him right, you didn't hear Peter right, you didn't hear Jesus right, you haven't heard the apostles right, that what he said is going to happen isn't, isn't really true. And this is where we pick up. He wants to, Peter wants to encourage the church to keep growing to be more like Jesus because they are being discouraged by others. And so Peter calls these people scoffers. You can read that in the text in just a second. These people are telling them all a bunch of made-up uh, stories. They're saying, that you're, they're saying, Peter, you just, you're just sharing with them a bunch of made-up stories. And so these uh, scoffers are patronizing scoffers. And so we'll pick up in chapter 3, verse 3. And this is Peter's response. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing, because that's what scoffers do. They scoff. And uh, haters going to hate, scoffers going to scoff. Here we go. <laughs> scoffing and following their own evil desires. And they will say, where is this coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. So this is Peter referencing the creation account in Genesis where the spirit hovered or brooded over the waters of chaos. And from the waters of this chaos, God creates order. By these waters, verse 6, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. So then he's talking about the flood. Several chapters later in Genesis where we have creation, the flood account is the exact opposite where out of all this order that was there, the flood waters of chaos come over and they destroy. Verse 7, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Jesus is coming back, and he is going to make all things right again. This has always been the plan. This has always been the promise. We've not always known this, but now we do. All of Scripture points to the promise of Jesus' return from Genesis all the way to Revelation, there is a promise that he's coming soon. And Scripture calls this grand event the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord is a mega theme of Scripture. In fact, there's more Scripture that refers to the day of the Lord than anything else in all of Scripture other than, other than the theme of faith. There are one out of every 30 verses in Scripture refer to this. 21 times Jesus refers to it, and 50 times we are told to be ready for it. For every one verse that speaks of the atonement, which is how God dealt with sin on the cross, there are two verses that speak of the day of the Lord. We have 
huge hymns, uh, great hymns that were written about uh, the day of the Lord. Uh, Christmas carols are written about the day of the Lord. The joy to the world, when we sing joy to the world, we think oftentimes of the incarnation when Jesus was born. Actually, joy to the world, uh, I think, was written by a guy named Isaac Watts and um, uh, was written about the return of the Lord. Listen to this verse. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. We sing about and talk about and read about the day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? It is this. It is when God intervenes and makes everything right, when he restores things back to the, what they were intended to be. And throughout, throughout Scripture, we get glimpses of the day of the Lord. In fact, Scripture speaks to the day of the Lord all throughout the Old Testament. When we look back, we see that the flood that covered the earth, Scripture refers to it as the day of the Lord. The exodus from Egypt when Moses carried, uh, led the children of Abraham outside, uh, out of Egypt and carried them out of Egypt. And the ten plagues fell upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians, the day of the Lord. Babylon invading Jerusalem that the prophets foretold the day of the Lord. Jesus stating that Jerusalem will be destroyed, the day of the Lord. And all of these in Scripture are previews of the ultimate day of the Lord when he makes everything right and new again. So the promise of the day of the Lord is true. It's a huge theme all throughout Scripture that there is something that we're going to look forward, that we can look forward to, that God is going to make everything right. Now, there's two kinds of promises. There are uh, unfulfilled promises, and what I mean by that is it, it is in the nature of a promise, of some promises, that they are inherently unfulfilled until a specific moment. So, uh, for example, uh, let's say you're going to move tomorrow, you're moving, and you need, uh, I have a, a pickup truck, and you need my help to move. And so, uh, you said, Joel, will you help me move tomorrow? I'll say, of course, I would love nothing more to do, than to do that, to help you move. It's my joy with my small pickup truck to drive over to your house at 6 o'clock in the morning and help you move. I say, I promise I'm going to be there. I don't promise, I promise. I'm going to be there. And, um, and so, we, so we wait. So the promise isn't fulfilled until tomorrow morning when I get up and I get in my truck and I drive over to your house and I go, all right, let's do this thing. And I fulfill my promise. So uh, the other kinds of promises, uh, some promises are unfulfilled until a specific moment. Some promises are process promises. They are in the process of being fulfilled. So for example, when, um, when I said my vows to be wed 12 and a half years ago, uh, I made a vow, I made a promise that I would be faithful in sickness and in health and in joy as well as in sorrow and in all the other things, circumstances that I said. <laughs> Uh, in, um, in plenty or in want. There's been more of one of those than the other. Uh, but I said, when I said that, I made a promise. Now, I have, I'm fulfilling that promise as I move along, but un until one of us goes to be with Jesus, that promise won't ultimately be, be fulfilled. I've made a promise that I'm in the process of fulfilling. And so this is the kind of promise that Peter is talking about in verse 9. Can, can we get uh, verse 9 back up there, Stephen? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's vital that we get a grasp of this promise because of its importance to Scripture, 
but also because of its importance to Jesus. Because if we get Jesus wrong, then we get everything wrong. And we have to understand this ultimate mega theme promise that Jesus is going to make everything right. And it is in the process of being fulfilled. And Second Peter is talking to these churches and he's sending this letter out and it's going to circulate around all these people. And he's going, just because you don't see the answer in front of you right now, doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because you have these scoffers in front of you that are scoffing, that are hating, that are saying, hey man, this guy just made this stuff up. He just given you some clever stories. Doesn't mean that this isn't true. I promise this is true no matter what your circumstances say. Our posture is the same as we wait on the promise that God will make things right again. When we're waiting on a promise, as we wait, we look back and we look around and we look ahead just as Peter did. So what do you do when, you're in the, when you are yourself in the process of God's promise? And it's not looking good. And circumstances don't look like his promise is in effect. What do you do while you're waiting on the promise? What do you do while you wait? If you want to take some uh, notes this morning, I have three brief points um, that I want to share with you. But it's to speak to us about what do we do while we wait on God's promise. The first one is this. While you're waiting on the promise... Look back. Look back. Look back at what God's promises were and where he has brought you. So what Peter does in this passage is he starts to reference times in the past where God had promised that he would intervene and he would make things right. And, and he does just that. And so he reminds his readers, he goes, look, this is, this is true. This has happened. We see glimpses and types in the, in the Old Testament in the, uh, from the prophets. We see where, where God has moved and we've seen him do it here and we've seen him do it here and he turned events around here and he was present with others here and he's going to do the same for you, I promise. Not to compare God's activity in the past with what seems like lack today, but to encourage. Reminding yourself of God's activity in the past in your life and his activity in the lives of others around you is an encouragement. Don't Judge the validity of God's past promises by your present circumstances. His promises are in process. Encourage yourself from God's faithfulness from yesterday, whether it be from your own life or from somebody else's. Find somebody in your own life and tell them to tell you something awesome that God did in their life and then pull encouragement from it for your own self, even if it hasn't happened to you. Find somebody in your life and go, tell me, tell me about when you came to faith. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about when you were filled with the Spirit. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me that time when you, tell me, tell me that story again where you were in that service and that guy was healed and you, and, and you watched him get healed and then he like got up and you're like, oh, and your mind was blown. I want to pretend like I'm there too. Tell me about that story. Tell me about that. I remember when I was, uh, I was in seminary and I was doing, I was taking this class called, uh, it was on, it was just called Spirit, uh, Spirit Baptism. And it was looking at the history of Spirit Baptism uh, from, uh, from the, um, Acts, basically from Acts chapter 2 all the way until today. And so I had to do a little project on the side, and it was basically take, do three interviews 
interview three people that had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and just tell us about it. And so I thought, okay, well, this, I, I can do this. This is easy. And so I grabbed, a, I, I asked three different people. One was, uh, at the time, was a uh, master's commission student. And another one was Pastor Larry. And another one was um, uh, Suzanne Cox. Um, and I interviewed all three of them separately. And I said, tell me about your experience. And each one of them, about an hour later, we are all in tears listening to what God has done. It, it, not, not in me. I wasn't there for any of them. I wasn't there. I just heard their own story and I took it and I went and I was reminded again by God's promise that he's faithful in any and every circumstance. And I'm sitting there and I'm crying and I'm listening to this guy and, this, and these girls tell this story and I'm going, this is so powerful. This is so amazing. So when you, when you look back, oftentimes it's difficult to see when you're, in the, when, you're in the, when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the thick of the circumstances, sometimes it's hard to see where God has been faithful and you gotta pick those points out. And when the, one of the best tools that you can do is to invite somebody else into your life and say, tell me about what God's doing in your life. Not to compare, not to compare as if God's doing something awesome in this person's life and so why isn't he doing it in mine? Everybody goes through different seasons, but you take those moments and you look back and you go, show me again where God was faithful because I, I know it was true. I don't see it right now, but I know it's true. And take those stories and grab onto them and take them as your own. While you're waiting for a promise, look back. Take the answered prayers and promises of someone else and believe them as your own. The second one is this. While you're waiting on the promise, look around. Look at what you got. Take an inventory. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Colossians chapter 3 says, set your mind on Christ. Set your mind on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Not on earthly things, but on Christ. For he died. So here's, here's, here's another one. Psalms chapter 103. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. So uh, I have my notes here. I have my notes and I've got a, um, I took a highlighter to some of them just to make sure there were certain things that I want to say. And um, I've got a highlighter. These are things that I want to say and, and that I don't want to forget. I want to make sure that I say these things that are highlighted uh, because they're the, they're, the, they're the big points. Focus my eyes on those. Make sure that I see those more than, more than anything else. Um, I could highlight, I could go through and I could print out these notes again and I can go through and I can highlight different something else, different things. And I almost could make this message as I'm looking through my notes, I could almost make the perspective of this message would change depending on what I wanted to major on and what I wanted to highlight. I could, I could, I could change a lot of what this message is. What you highlight matters. And so when you're waiting on God's promise, you look around and you go, what are the things in my life that I'm, that I'm noticing that are constantly on my mind. And you've got to get real with your own thoughts and you've got to take control even of your own thoughts and your own mind and you've got to get a highlighter and go through them and say, this is the one that I want to, this is the one I want to get my perspective off of. This is the one that I want to get my perspective from. This is the one that I don't want to give me perspective. 
This is the thought and the experience that I want to highlight and I want to look back to as I look around to see God's faithfulness. I want to highlight this one. These are the ones that I'm not going to highlight. And that's how you go through your own mind and you set your mind on things above where Christ is. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so take the highlighter and go through. How many of you guys have ever gotten a, uh, all, all of us have. You're sitting at home and you get, and the doorbell rings and a, uh, the, uh, the delivery guy comes through. It's, 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 a, it's UPS or it's FedEx. And um, uh, oftentimes when they deliver something, if you have to sign, oftentimes we have to sign for it. And so the delivery guy comes up and he hands you the package. And before you can take the package, you have to take the little electronic uh, doohickey and... Um, and you get it, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta sign it. And your signature looks terrible because it's electronic. And you got like this metal pen, and you're just like, you know, sometimes you just kind of make your mark with an X. Maybe that's just me. But you gotta sign for it before you ever get the package. You and I do the exact same with our thoughts. You and I do the exact same because thoughts enter our mind all day long, and some of them are from God, and most of them are not. And when they're delivered to your mind, you and I can stand there and before we take that package, we can look and we go, I'm going to sign for this or I'm not going to sign for this. And you have the option and the opportunity to be able to do just that. As you're waiting on God's promise to be fulfilled, just like the readers of Peter's letters that circulated around the church, waiting on God's promise, even though the voices around them, every single one around them told them otherwise, as you wait, they looked around and said, what is God doing around us now? And took a highlighter and highlighted across exactly where he was moving. They took and they go, you know what? This, this, this little voice, this, this voice from this scoffer, this little word from this hater over here, this little jab from this coworker over here, I'm, I'm just not going to sign for it. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to sit on it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to let it take up space in my mind because I don't need it. When you're waiting on God's promise to be fulfilled, look around. And the last one is, is this. While you're waiting on the promise, look ahead. Scripture says that this life is like a vapor. It's a, it's a wisp of fog. It's here and then it's gone. Um, it, it, uh, somebody told me one time that life is full of uh, long days and short years. And um, it's, it's here and then it's gone. While you're waiting on God's promise that we, we look ahead, there's a few things that we do while we wait. You've you got to recognize that there are scoffers. There's, all, there's always people and there's always voices in our lives that will um, that say the opposite, whether intentionally or unintentionally, will say the opposite of God's truth. And... Uh, it, it comes in, in, in a lot of our lives, it comes in little, little jabs. Um, if, if you're at work and you're trying to live a faithful Christian life, uh, and maybe you work with people who, who just, they just flat out don't know Jesus, and God's heart is for them. He's not willing that any would perish. In fact, he waits and holds off. Just like the scripture said, he's patient so that, uh, so that they too will come to faith. And so you're, you're, you're there and you're going, I, I, I'm just trying to live this faithful uh, Christian life, but you get, little, you get little jabs, you get an invitation uh, for something for the weekend, and, and you go, no, I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to church on Sunday, 
And so you hear, you, really, you're going to church again? Didn't you go last week? You know, <laughs> and uh, you go, yeah, that's what we do. We, we, you know, we go every week. <laughs> um, and, uh, or, or, you, or, you hear, or, or you hear other little, other, other little jabs when, um, man, I remember, I used to hear this. I, I don't want to say I used to hear this all the time. I, I've, I've heard it before, and especially from students in student ministry where they're, where they're uh, struggling at school. And they, and they get asked questions like, um, well, why don't you do this with this? Well, I'm not going to do that. Why do you think you're better than everybody else? You know, I I don't think I'm better than everybody. Sure you do. Why do you think if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do this or you're not gonna say this or you're not participate in this, why, why why do you think you're better? And 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 it's just these it's these little jabs. It's these little scoffer voices. It's it's the ones that it's the ones that want to bring down and tear down. And the truth is is that all of us in every one of our lives there are there are voices that you have to collect what's being said in your mind and say this is from God. This is not from God. This is, this, is, this is what God has to say. This is not what God has to say. And you've and you got to pull, put a dividing line between the two. You also got to recognize that there are always choices. There's always choices. Um, the, uh, if we kept reading past verse 10, it says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And since everything will be destroyed this way, Peter asked the question, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So, so what, do you, what do you do while you wait? Well, you live holy and godly lives. And, and, and from those holy and godly lives, you, you have to make choices. I remember when I was... Um, <laughs> When, when I was about 12 years old and I had gotten, um, I'd gotten in trouble, I got in a fight with one of my brothers and I'd, I'd gotten grounded from uh, BB guns. I had a BB gun and I'd, got, I'd done something that I shouldn't have with a BB gun. And so I was grounded from BB guns. Actually, I think if I remember to quote my dad, for the rest of your life. And um, so I was, I, was, I, was never to, I was never to shoot a gun for the rest of my life. And um, so... Uh, I uh, had a friend come over, and he was going to spend the night. Ricky, my friend, was going to spend the night. And, and so we had come up with this fun thing that we had used to do before I got grounded for eternity from Olive Guns, uh, that we had this, <laughs> you are going to look terrible at me. We would take this little BB gun, and uh, we would catch fireflies. We would catch lightning bugs. And uh, at the end of, the, of this little pistol BB gun, you could put the lightning bugs in the end. And, um, yeah, figured it was time for one of these stories. And... Um, <laughs> You could shoot it into the air, and it was just a, a, a nature's firework. And it would just kind of, and just blow. And I'm 12 years old, and I'm loving this. And so we'd go catch like a bunch of firework, fireworks. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we'd catch. We'd go catch a bunch of lightning bugs, and, we'd stick, and then we'd run around, and then we'd shoot each other, and it was like homemade paintball. And we'd run around and just kind of, it would just, it would, and I'm, I'm not kidding, it really would. It would glow all over for, for a minute or so. It was wonderful. There aren't any kids in here. You guys are safe. Um, and so uh, my friend Ricky had come over, and, and he had brought his BB gun, but it was in my room. And so I went back in my room, and um, I dug through the little bag, and I got it. And so I got the gun, and I was like, well, my dad's in his room, and he's going to see me coming out, so I need to hide it. So I put my gun back here like a, like a, like a true gangster. And I'm um, 12 years old, and I walked out, and, and I heard my dad go, Joel. I said, so I walk over to the room, and he goes, what are you doing? And, of course, I told him exactly what I was doing, Nothing. And um, 
he said, he goes, uh, what are you doing? And he asked again, and I thought, oh, no, God spoke to him again. <laughs> and it's revealed to him. And so I, I said, I said I did, I did, nothing. We just, you know, just playing with Ricky. Ricky spent the night. You remember Ricky? You know, he's my buddy. He's a great second baseman. And he said, Joel, what are you doing? I thought, three times. This, this is serious. And I thought, if I lied again, then, then God was audibly going to tell him, and it was just going to end up being bad. And so... Um, I remember, I, so I, I, all in one motion, I took my gun out. And I was like, Dad, I promise. I'm just going out there and I'm catching lightning bugs. And I'm just sticking them in the gun and I'm just shooting them in the air. It's just fireworks are going everywhere and it's so fun. And it's not even BBs, it's not pellets, it's not anything. We're just shooting bugs. It's, it's totally cool. You don't even have to worry about it. And I remember looking at him and looking back now, I know what the face was. The face was, oh my God, you're such a goofball. You know, he's just, he's, I've got this little twinkle in his eye. And, uh, but at the time, I thought he, it, was, it was not okay. I'd already been grounded for eternity from guns. I didn't know what was next. And so he looked at me and he goes, son, uh, just do right. And I said, do right. He's, just do what's right. And I said, so I, so I can continue or, or not. And he, and he goes, just do what's right. And I thought, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so, uh, so I put it back in my pants and I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, the truth is, is this, is that um, oftentimes God will not, we, we want God to specifically say, do this and don't do this and do this and don't do this. But he, 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 he doesn't. He doesn't. In the choices in our lives, he speaks to us and he makes impressions in us and he communicates to us and we know the truth deep. But we're such good sinners. We like to hide it. We like to act like that we don't know what it is. Well, God, you didn't, you didn't really say this, did you? did you? Did you really say that you're not supposed to eat the fruit? Did you really, we, we want him to specifically say this. And, um, and, he, and he doesn't. We know what's right, but we're such good sinners. We, we can plot and scheme and do all this in the back of our minds way back here without really ever, ever allowing it to come to the front. And that's, and that's what we do, but we know what's right. And so when we're, when we're waiting on God's promise and the circumstances around us don't look like they don't look as if that God's promise is that he's, that he's in the process of working it out. We still have choices to make, and oftentimes those are the most difficult. We still are tasked with living close and near to his presence and godly lives to those around us so that they can turn and see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what, that's what, our, that's what our role is, and those choices are still there. And we know, we know the truth deep inside, but you and, I have to, you and I have to bring that to the forefront. We have to consciously say, no, 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 this is what God has said, and this is what I'm going to do, whether I feel like it or not. I know that's kind of like a basic, simple truth, but at the same time, that's kind of like the truth. <laughs> that is, that, that, it kind of boils down to that. Sometimes we feel like obeying. Sometimes we feel like worshiping. Oftentimes we don't, but that doesn't negate the fact that this is this is God's best. This is God's best for us. So as you wait, you're still faced with choices. 
And God's mandate is there to still obey because it is and will be right in the end. As you wait, you're waiting on the promise. You look back, you look around, and you look ahead. Scripture is, uh, tells us that life is but a, but a wisp, a fog. There is, uh, and, and then you are also to recognize that there is always eternity. So the, 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 I've, done, I've, I've done this before with our students before. The best illustration I have for this is this rope. And I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a volunteer. Anybody want to volunteer? Adam, I see that hand. Would you, uh, thank you. Thanks, brother. Take, just take this and, and go with it and just go as, as far as you can. Keep going. All right, as you see this, as you see this rope, just imagine that Adam has uh, walked out the door, all right, and then he's gone uh, out the building, down the sidewalk, uh, out of Alabaster, and then all the way around the world a few times. Just imagine this rope just keeps going. All right, you're good. You can hang out there for a minute. Give me some slack, though. I need to be able to walk around. I got to preach, brother. <laughs> yes, really? We're going to do this? <laughs> all right, sit it down. Thank you. Or you could stay there if you want. Thanks for that distraction. Um, so, uh, so imagine that this rope keeps going. It goes all around, the, all around the earth several times for eternity. This is the timeline of existence. So you are born, and then this thing just goes. The timeline of existence. It goes forever and ever. Now, this little red part, if you can see, is your time here on earth. All right, and then it's gone. Now when, we, now, when we look at it, in comparison to your timeline of existence that keeps going all over across the earth for eternity, you see how small it is. And, 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 here, and here some of us are right here, you know, kind of near the front. Here's some of us right here. Then here's some of us. This is our time here on earth. And then it's over. And what we tend to do is we tend to get bogged down with this little moment right here. We tend to get bogged down and we go, oh, what, what am I, I going to do? I'm so, I'm so worried if I don't get this or if this doesn't happen or if this doesn't. And then we neglect to see the eternal ramifications that continue to go on and on and on and on. Because what you do here actually has an impact on how you spend the rest of all of this. Just here, just right here. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone tends to live for the red part. A lot of people that I know, we tend, we tend to live right here because we, we, we live in response to what we see. We live in response to only what we see. Um, when God is calling us to, to peel back those layers, to peel back those scales and to look from an eternal viewpoint, to look forward, to see God's promise. You said this and it's true and it will come to pass. I know this is true eventually, but we tend to, we tend to just live for this red part. My friend Leah, when I was in high school, went to a different school than I did. She, um, she went to a different school and she had come to faith, uh, 
not, not, too, not too long earlier, maybe, maybe, maybe a year or so, uh, she, had been, she had been a believer for about a year or so. And she was in the youth group with me and went to a different school than I did. And uh, we were having a special youth service. We were, we were going to uh, have a special speaker on the Wednesday night. We were going to have a youth service when I was in high school. And so she had gone to school and um, she had had a friend that she had talked to uh, semi-regularly that sat behind her. And, um, and so she went to school and she had been talking to her friend and she knew that this girl, Michelle, was, uh, she was very, very far from God. And, and oftentimes the conversation led to um, talks about uh, just how bad Michelle's life was and about how sad everything uh, where her, just the experiences and circumstances of her life. And so um, one day on a, on a Wednesday, uh, Leah went to school and she said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Michelle. And so she talks to Michelle and she says, Michelle, he's like, look, we got this special service tonight. I know you're not a big church person. I know you haven't gone since you were a little bitty kid. And you don't even really remember what it was like. But if you'd like to come, I'd love for you to come hang out with me and just sit with me uh, in, in church uh, for a youth group. Just hang out. And shockingly to her, she goes, okay, I'll do it. I'll do that. And so that night, uh, they both show up and they sit through the service and the, the guy's speaking and he gives um, just a, a simple gospel message that Jesus loves every single one of us and that his sacrifice has bought us freedom and a new life and eternal life here starting right now and a hope-filled eternity. And so Michelle responds, I still remember, responds and um, uh, comes to faith. And the next couple weeks later, she comes and she's talking to a group of us friends that were all hanging out. And we had just said, tell us, tell us about like, what's going on in your life. And she said, well, if I'm honest with you, she said, uh, she told some pretty, um, some details about what was going on with her life at the time. And she said, when Leah came and told me about coming to, uh, to youth group, she goes, I was, on, I was leaving home and I had already planned uh, tonight that I was going to end my life. And, and, I, and, and I look back and I go, it is a, it is a shocking depiction of eternity in, in the brief moment. But I remember, I remember the look on her face. I remember the tears in her eyes. I remember the mood in the, with the group and the conversation. And I remember thinking, um, Leah didn't, she just, she just wasn't living for the red part. She recognized God's promise for her. She recognized God's promise for others. And she just decided, she said, you know what? I'm gonna look ahead. I'm gonna look forward. I'm gonna look past myself and I'm gonna see where God's promise leads and I'm gonna respond and react accordingly. If the worship team would go ahead and come. In Christ, there is always the promise that he's gonna make things right. The promise is true. Don't mishear. Don't, don't mishear, don't misunderstand. You weren't lied to, you weren't tricked, you weren't deceived. God's promise is still true and it still stands. And in Christ, there is always a promise. But oftentimes, just like the listeners were and the readers of, of Apostle Peter's letter, there's just circumstances that have surrounded their life that have begun to make it as if 
it wasn't true. That it wasn't true. All kinds of things invading their mind. This, this can't be true. And we have the same, oftentimes the same circumstances that lead us to the same place where we, where we doubt and we go, God, is your promise true? Are you gonna make everything right? Are you gonna make all things new again? Are you really gonna, are you really gonna reconcile this? Are you really gonna renew all of this? Are you really gonna stand over the earth and say, behold, I make all things new again? Is that, is that really something that I can look forward to? Because everything around in my life at this moment doesn't look like it. If I judged it, if I judged your promise by my, pro, by my present circumstances, it would, it would definitely come up short. If everybody in here, if you'd stand with me. I would, just, I would just simply say this this morning, with everybody's eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you're in here and you just say, Joel, if I'm honest, you, you, you talked a lot about accepting God's promise of eternal life. I've, I've, never, I've never crossed that line. I've never said that I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus. Um, I've, I've just never said it. I've never decided to make his promise to make things right my future. And, um, but this morning, there's something going on. There's something going on in my heart. There's something going on in my mind. And this morning, I think is that moment. If that's you in here, you just say, I've, I've, I've not crossed that line to accept God's promise, even for me, that he died and rose again for me, that I could even have eternal life right now. If that's you, nobody looking around, only me. I'm the only one in here looking. Me and Jesus. Would you just lift your hand real, real high and then you can put it right back down. Lift it high and then put it back down. If you're in here and you say, Joel, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm in between promises, I guess. And the circumstances look um, difficult. And I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm waiting and I need encouragement. Because my circumstances that are that are surrounding me that I see just put me in a different perspective. And I need, I need encouragement. I need to be reminded that God's promises are true and that ultimately he's making things right. I just need to be reminded and I need strength. I need to be encouraged. If that's you in here, would you just raise your hand real high and then you can put it back down. Prayer team, if you would come, if, if you would stand up here at the piano, we're, uh, at the front, we're gonna pray this morning. God, we're grateful this morning. God, I'm grateful for your, for your, uh, your presence. We don't see you. We, we can't see you here. Uh, you left and, and to go be back with the Father, but you said that it was good that you leave, that you were gonna send your Holy Spirit. And so now in this room, God, we, we sense your Holy Spirit moving. And in many of our hearts in this room, God, you're moving in a very deep way, very deep way. So God, I pray this morning that you would move, you would move on our hearts. If you raised your hand this morning, there were a lot of you that raised your hand. We have some uh, prayer team members up here at the front that would love to pray with you. If that's you and you raised your hand this morning, if you would, come on up. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. Jesus, this morning, God, you have a, you have a message for all of us. 
God, the day of the Lord is at hand. Your return is soon. You're coming back. There is no doubt. God, as we look around and see, God, the good things that you've done and yet the doubts that also that we have, God, I pray that you would give us a divine urgency in our heart that we would expect, that we would, that we would expect and that we would live accordingly, God, to the knowledge and the faith that you're returning to make all things new again. But while we're in the middle, while we're waiting, Lord, I pray for a supernatural strengthening, encouragement, and boldness for this body of Christ at this location, in this part of town. God, I pray that you would do it supernaturally even now. Remind us of your your promise because there is always in you a promise. God, we're grateful. We're grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you this morning. Thank you.